Y'all, I'm Twitch, and welcome to Lab Rats Culture, and I am so, so excited for our guest today. Um, our guest today has over 20 years experience working in the industry, and one of the one of the key words that I think about when I think about our next guest is versatile. She is one of the mer- most versatile artists that I know. She's been working in the industry since she was seven years old, but when I met her, it was a show called Star Search. <laughs> <laughs> in the early 2000s, the group she was in was named Tap Sounds Underground. And little did I know that she wasn't just a tapper, because I would soon find out a little later that she had just left the shoot of the Busta Rhymes video. It oh. was the pa- past the Cavassier video. Yes. Wait. Yes. I didn't even remember that. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And, and so it was this... This introduction I'm about to give right now, guys, you, I, I need to, you need to realize the gravity of the artist that you're about to be introduced to right now if you already don't know what's going on. So heavy, in fact, I'm grabbing the notebook, you know? So I met her doing Star Search, okay? But over time, I would soon come to find out that she is one of the industry's most sought-after uh, talents in front and behind the camera. She's worked with over 60 artists 60 artists, y'all, just and just to name a few, this Janet, Justin Bieber, Britney Spears, Usher, Chris Brown, Neo, Miley Cyrus, Rihanna, the list goes on, y'all. She has producing credits for America's Got Talent, The Voice, Disney Channel. She's worked in the theater <laughs> where she's been an associate choreographer for the revival of Broadway's hit show Dreamgirls and a choreographer for a new musical. Is that right? A new yeah. musical? called Higher Education. Credits also include the Oscars. What? <laughs> Original Hulu series, LXD. Yeah. TED Talks. And y'all, the expansion continues and continues because now all of this experience, all of this expertise, she's put together in a perfectly beautiful gift wrap situation <laughs> named as the Galen Hooks Method. I'm talking about Galen Hooks. Galen Hooks, welcome to the lab. Thank you so Hi. much for coming. I know <laughs> it's like, is it, is it weird to just sit there and be like, yo, I've done, I have done all of that. It I, feels <laughs> very weird to be talked about. To right, right, right. But Listen, thanks for so having me. <laughs> they, I mean, the experience is is so extensive and there's a lot that I want to get into. But first, um, could you just take us through, could you paint a picture of your childhood for us? Um, just, you know, I know that you are an LA native. But yes. what but what I'm looking for here is what what Galen Hook's childhood was like, given you started working when you were seven. So how did you get introduced to the arts? And, you know, get, get, kind of walk us through that for a second. Yeah, my um, I have an older sister who's a few years older than me who was put into dance classes by my mom when she mm. was little. So I followed in her footsteps mm. when I was three, I think, mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. doing Jazz, tap, and ballet. Nice, of course. <laughs> there the was centrals, like no hip hop right? there. We didn't wear tennis. I remember the first time I wore tennis shoes in a dance class, I was like, we're allowed to do this. Right, it was such right. a big deal because <laughs> everything was so uh, technical. Right. Um, but I uh, I think my childhood was, usually when you think of childhood, you think of like the balance between school and family right, time. And I right. think for people that work in the industry, I, I, went to, I went to school as a child until I was 
in high school, I started to do more independent study, which okay. is um, a little different than homeschooling because independent study, you teach yourself. So mm -hmm. you don't have a teacher at home with you, whether it's your parent or a different teacher, but you, you literally just get the curriculum and teach yourself. Right. Um, but when I was a little kid working when I was like starting at seven, mm -hmm. I, I missed a lot of school. Okay. I, I was traveling a lot and working a lot and shooting a lot. And that, I think that alienated me a little bit socially at school, but I didn't really mind. I had like my friends that were my close friends at school who, you know, thought it was cool that mm -hmm. I was on TV and in commercials and whatever, but didn't really care in a right, good way, right, you know? Right. Um, but certainly I was I was the kid that was in that the Mervyn's commercial yeah, or whatever. Right, so right. Um, so that's, that, that's kind of like the difference that my childhood was compared to other people that went to school with me. And I had a completely separate life of my best, my closest friends were from dance. So, mm -hmm. so school to me was just something that, you know, I think for most kids, it's like you go to school and that's kind of where your uh, bubble is. Right, right. But for me, my bubble was in dance and school was like, I go to school to learn and I loved school. And that's right. why I went to college because I loved it and it wasn't necessarily as a backup plan or mm -hmm. in case there wasn't a plan B. It was because I love learning and I love academia and I so school so for me was to the adage like always a student always a student I even to this day when I'm doing pushing myself to learn new things that's when I'm really stimulated and I like can't stop talking about things that I've learned and I love I love that so so school for me I loved it which is also kind of not right. <laughs> like most people hate school but I loved so school to right. me was about right. learning and not about socializing and not about um ah, okay. joining like social clubs and stuff like that it was I really loved the school part of it so uh so my so my whole bubble of friends mm -hmm. was from the dance world That's amazing. which was interesting because they because they were all from different places you know normally right. like your friends growing up are that you live down the street from them or of something course. but they we lived you know two hours apart from each mm -hmm. other sometimes so it was a different kind of circle of friends you know which speaks to a lot though because uh Galen listen you 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 know how to do a lot, by the way. Okay, <laughs> like I mean, but you know, aside from like chore choreographing and dancing, you've also directed, produced. I mean, <clears throat> it, it it seems like it, you you really are just a sponge, and it makes so much sense because with all of the work that you've been doing, you've been taking in this knowledge and then being able to put it back out. So, what what was the first job? What was your first professional job? And was that the job that helped you make the decision? this is what I want to do, um, or, or or was it another one? Do you mean even when I was when I was like when a you little, were, little? Yeah, oh your first, first. Gosh, like, I don't even. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying like a diaper commercial. If it, if it was a diaper, no, no, no. no. Like, uh, yeah, but but when I was a kid, yes. Uh -huh. Um, I remember my first music video was for Montel Jordan. <laughs> I was like a, I was a little kid. If you go on YouTube, it's still there. It's called Daddy's Home, and I'm just like Fantastic. a little girl at like a flashback at a uh, birthday party. I'm not dancing in it, but that was my first music video. My first job, I'm not quite sure, but mm -hmm. I, there was like um, a movie called Mrs. Santa Claus that Angela okay. Lansbury was the was played Mrs. Santa Claus, and that okay. job is actually when I look back on that, I, uh, Rob Marshall choreographed it, wow. which is a I, Shout I out think Rob I Marshall. was. 
I might have been eight or nine. Mm-hmm. And now when I think about that, I got the chance to work with Rob Marshall when I was right. that age. And we were <laughs> we were playing like kids in a toy factory. And I remember getting yelled at. I don't know what for, but I had this like nutcracker kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I think I did something wrong with the nutcracker. And he came over and like yelled at me. So I have this awful like I like I don't like letting people down. But that was my mem- my memory of Rob Marshall. But um, Kevin Tancheron was in that, who is a director yes. nowadays of uh, like an incredible TV director, Absolutely. and did, he directed Fame, Absolutely. the Fame remake yes. when he was really young. And I danced with him growing up. Tyler Peck was in that movie, who is one of was... the most prolific ballerinas Absolutely. today from New York City Ballet. Mm-hmm. There's all these people that were in that film, and we were we were all little kids. Um, and so that's one of that's one of the earlier like big jobs I can think mm-hmm. of where it was like with a lot of dancers with a super legit choreographer. Right, right. Um, but I, in terms of like the question of which, what kind of like was the decision that pushed me, um, I, because I always kind of think, especially meeting people that aren't from LA that have to make that decision of, do I want to be a professional dancer and you have to leave behind things and move Mm -hmm. to LA and Mm -hmm. leave your family or leave school or whatever it is. And I never had that decision that happened. But what I realized is that kind of job to job Every job I did when I was a kid, every audition I went to, I I was making that calculation without realizing it because right. there's so many people that I grew up dancing with, working with, who mm-hmm. worked way more than me when I was a kid who don't do it anymore. Right. So I must have liked it because as a kid, you when you don't like something, you make it known. When Absolutely. you, I don't think I was uh, aware enough or mature enough to go, you know, this is like the direction I want to go in. But certainly if I, if I hadn't liked it, Mm-hmm. Then I would have been crying to my mom every day saying I, I don't want to do this. So, so it was just more of a. a it was just you. You were already kind of in love with what you were doing anyway. So there was never. There was never really a question of, uh, or or better yet, maybe not even a decision of. Yeah. I'm going to keep doing this because you just you just love doing it anyway. I think they right? were just kind of, like literally every every single job was a decision to keep going and to mm-hmm. not say I don't like this anymore. Got you it. know, I, I don't think I realized it, but I, but but yeah, I. I think every time I did a job, it was, oh, that was really fun. That was a challenge because I also like the challenge of it. I liked the challenge of learning choreography and having to do it correctly and all that stuff as a kid. So that I think I subconsciously Mm -hmm. left every job feeling like I like I want to do this more. Now, as these as these jobs continue to roll uh, to continue to roll in and, um, you know, you, you got to work with many different artists, many different people. Who were some of the the icons and the idols that you looked up to that you eventually were able to work with? And what was that like? And I know that that's a, I know that that's a kind of a broad question because you, you have worked with a lot of people. But uh, what I guess what I'm what I'm trying to to picture is. Um, you know, someone that is that is, you know, coming up in their youth, working with, you know, the top of the line dancers, choreographers, you know, they, these are people that when I was in Alabama, before I even came to California, I've seen the, all, all of this stuff. I've probably seen everything that you've done, you know what I mean? <laughs> and and didn't even know that, that you were doing it, you know. So what what was it like coming up and just being able to work with, I mean, top caliber choreographers who were some of those people um i mean uh, the 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 obvious ones that are kind of like um, that i spent the most time with that Mm -hmm. people i think associate with me with from that know me when i was a kid Mm -hmm. 
are Marguerite Derricks and Michael Rooney because right. they had they had a dance company that I was in again with Kevin Tantrum right. and Tyler Peck and these people that have gone on to do incredible things. Um, they were they had the longest impact on my mm-hmm. life because I because it was in an actual company. But if I go if I go even further back, I I was taking class at the Edge when mm-hmm. I was. I think nine or 10, I started taking my first classes at edge. So the teachers in that room, I think now I, uh, value and am so grateful to have had exposure to them that might not be as big of names as Marguerite or Michael Rooney, but, uh, had, they molded me just as much. And, um, I think now that we see in today's world, how, influential teachers are yes it yes. helps me realize that maybe resume wise they mm-hmm. weren't Mike, Mar- michael or marguerite but they are just as valuable and so for me having um even i mean andre fuentes like yes. rest in peace rest he, in peace. he uh, people like him not that andre doesn't have an incredible resume but people i i think i don't when I initially think of my bio, I think Marguerite and Michael Rooney because right. they were I was in a company with them. But then I'm realizing I had I had I took Andre's class religiously. Right. Um, Chris Dupre religiously, Greg yes. Russell religiously, yes. Eddie Garcia, um, all of these people that um nowadays they are their names are around and I I hope people realize how much knowledge they have and how much they built a lot of the dancers that people look up to today. Absolutely. Um but but then so that was like as uh, training wise, mm-hmm. work wise, Fatima. I worked with. I think I had my first commercial with her when I was fourteen or thirteen. Mm-hmm. She didn't remember my name after that. She she. <laughs> I tell Shout people. Shout out Fatima. She does. Yeah, yeah, she does a lot. She I, does a lot. I, I talk about <laughs> Fatima a lot in when I give advice to people because I was auditioning for her. I mean. I mean, Fatima was the top of the top of back course, then. She's 100. she's been the top of the still top still is forever. Right. Um, but she was the top of the top back then when I was a kid and I was auditioning for her all the time and never would book anything. She would cut me all the time. And I kept going and kept going and kept going and would just get cut and I my mom was just like, Let's just go still like every time I'd get a call, I'd we'd be like, Let's just go. You don't have anything else to do. Right. While while everyone else was going, she never hires me. She always picks the same people. I'm not going to the audition. It's a waste of time. She has right. her favorites, da da da. Right. So they wouldn't go and I'm like, Well, how do you expect to work with her if you don't go audition? Exactly. So she so eventually she ended up hiring me and I remember her telling me, I remember you from all those auditions, you just weren't ready yet. And she and Fatima has become it. somebody she gave me my first choreography job where I was hired as a choreographer, not assisting anybody, not an associate, but mm-hmm. as a choreographer. She hired me countless times as a dancer mm-hmm. um, and has passed me so much choreography work. And I, that none of that would have happened if I had gone, she doesn't hire me. She's got her favorites and been cynical about it. So Absolutely. anyways, that's digressing. But Fatima, uh, Jamie King mm-hmm. from a very young age. Um, geez, I, I mean, Brian Friedman. I've known Brian from when I was... Probably eleven or something is the first time I met Brian. Mm-hmm. I was in Austin Powers with him when I was fifteen, and partly what I'll say is those people also watching them dance. People like Brian and Andre and yes. seeing them in a class environment, I think, is also yes. that that because yes. part of the question you were asking is like who I was idolizing and looking up to, and for me, there were dancers at to be in the room with fully fleshed adult mature yes. seasoned dancers, dancers. in yes. class in class consistently mm-hmm. i can't i 
don't take that for granted a second of the day now that I see what class is like now, that yes. I was able to be around those people at such a young age, seeing them train day in and day out, and to just be surrounded like that, especially for women. There were so many women that I just... You can, if, if I look back, and this is, of course, I'm biased, but if I look back at music videos and award shows and tours from mm. those days when I was kind of coming up, right. the the dancers just look different. They look like they're adults. Absolutely. They, because they were. They were. I, mm-hmm. Not just age-wise, but just maturity-wise and professionalism-wise. So the fact that I got to be in class with them is, that that meant more to me then, I mean, obviously it's a huge deal to work with Fatima, but the reason that it was exciting to work with Fatima is because, oh, dancer XYZ have right, worked with Fatima. Absolutely. You get to work so, with Swoop and Ed Moore. Oh, and my all gosh. Them, you know? It, yeah, yeah. So so it was really, it's a, like a holistic thing, not just, and I think that's also people have this kind of idea of choreographers nowadays, but for me it was really the dancers, the dancers in conjunction with the choreographers. Everything was mm. just, there was a level of professionalism that, I love it. See, and that's then. that is that's a perfect segue into what I'm about to ask right now. So let's expand on that just a little bit because um uh, because the truth of the matter is is that the landscape is different now. Uh it, whether it be on a professional job or in the classroom. But right now I just I, I'd like to ask you about uh the differences in the classroom right now from dancer and teacher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um and it's funny because, like, I'm I'm reiterating some stuff that Brian Friedman talked about in my interview with Brian right. in the Masterclass right. series right. that we were talking about. So this is, and that was five years ago. This mm-hmm. is something that, like, people have been harping on and on about right. since the dawn of YouTube, basically. Right. But, right. um, and I don't, uh, I, I know, uh, my opinions about it are not gripes about it. I feel like a lot of people want to know what it was like back in the day because there are a lot of dancers who are mature adults who don't have resources right now and they want to know not because we're complaining about well back in the day it was like this because but because they really want more than what's being offered right Right, now so so everything I'm about to say is not necessarily a gripe but it's that it's to inform people and educate people because there isn't really a history or documentation of what classes were like back then so to nowadays um one major, major thing, because I've been teaching so much more recently mm-hmm. all over the world and seeing the commonalities and what's right. happening. Mm-hmm. And what happens overseas, what happens out of state is so highly influenced by how classes are run in L.A. Right. Because the people that teach overseas and out of state are coming to L.A. to be in the scene and mm-hmm. they see how people teach here and they think that that's how you're that's supposed, the way to you're supposed to teach. Right. So they leave and go back to wherever they're from. And then this whole class culture is being is permeating just globally. Mm-hmm. And one major thing that has been frustrating for me lately that I posted about because I'm like, if nobody says anything, how are the students supposed to know? But it's just kind of class etiquette, which sounds so basic, but students just don't know. So if nobody's telling you, you shouldn't go sit in front of the mirror and block people that are dancing when we're in groups, or you shouldn't pull your phone out to have somebody film you going in groups when, and it's a stranger and you're going, can you film me in groups? And it's like that stranger's trying to train. They're not here to film you. Exactly. Or just, um, not paying attention, and that sounds so basic, but uh, if I'm 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 intentionally going into such detail when I teach of where your weight change is supposed to be, how you're supposed to transition mm-hmm. from one move to the next, what mm-hmm. the intention is, the technique behind it, and then somebody asks a question, that's something that I just went over for like five minutes, yes. and so and Got it. but there uh, there's just a general class culture that I think is preventing people from growing as much as they could right. if they knew how to properly take class, right. and so. 
I, a lot of, I mean, my class, it's ironic because I think people are taking my class because they've seen the videos on YouTube, but my class is not about the choreography. So what's really freed me up is being able to teach the same routine over and over city after city, country after country, teaching the same combo because people are excited about that combo. But for me, that frees me up to talk about all of this other stuff because they're not stuck on, oh gosh, what is this? What is, what are the mm-hmm. counts on this part? Because they're already right. familiar with the combo. Right, so we right. get the routine out and then we can I can really push them artistically and creatively and technically because we've got the combo out so quickly that we can spend all this time on mm-hmm. other things. Mm-hmm. And I can talk about things like how to take class because there's time for right, it. Right, right. Um, which I think is which I think is incredibly important. I think it's it's uh, it's really important, especially for those that are watching sl- uh, slash listening. Um, you know, if, if, if she's saying names that you, that you've never heard of, or, or maybe that you, that you have heard of, and you're not that familiar with it, YouTube and, and, and just the internet in general is an incredible tool when it comes to these things. And it's, it, 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 I think it is kind of an epidemic what's happening right now, because as visible as dance is right now, and as quick as you can get it, it also has, it, it also comes with a certain set of cons as mm-hmm. well and that those are a couple of things that you have that you've spoken to and I absolutely agree with but the question is um, what is the responsibility of those that that do know better right now mm-hmm. um, what is the responsibility of a teacher that uh, that is teaching those that are aspiring to be professional and I, and the reason I ask this is because I, I believe you cover this in the Galen Hooks method, it, whether it be any drop down of, of the, the various classes that they can take within the method. And this method is intense, y'all. It's not just it's not just come in and learn choreography. They have an on cam- they have an on camera um, situation, how mm-hmm. to uh, uh, how to act on set, mm-hmm. you know, which is just priceless, priceless, priceless information. But the question is, though, what is the responsibility of a teacher that is teaching? aspiring students yeah uh, that's a good question and one that's been debated at length via facebook Mm. all the time (laughs) shout out facebook shout out out (laughs) facebook um but uh i not not everybody number one knows what to fix so so part of the problem is you've got like different tiers of teachers Mm -hmm. and now I just consider the tier that is social media based where because uh, I mean, obviously, like I've I've meshed into being social media based. Right. But there, but but there's the difference between that and making your living off of class right. videos and right. off of teaching. Right. Uh, so you really need the view. You like there right. that I consider that just a different industry now right. where it's like I'm not going to I don't expect those people to take responsibility to um, bring up the new generation mm-hmm. because they don't know how. So right, how can I right. expect them to like be guiding these people because they don't true. know the information? So mm-hmm. if I were them, I'd be like, like maybe they can, if they see something class etiquette wise that is out of line, they can say something. But in terms of really digging in and training people properly outside of teaching a routine, or maybe it's even within teaching the routine, they don't they don't even know what weight changes. Right. They don't know how to use your plie. They don't know what a plie is. Right, so so right. I can't expect them to take responsibility in those regards cuz they don't they don't know. Mm-hmm. So I don't mm-hmm. I don't fault them. I don't that doesn't mean that I don't think it's any less uh tragic that those right. are the people teaching kids right now, but they don't there's nothing that they can pull from to it's, it's not like they have this whole 
bag of information that they're withholding. Right, like they don't right. even have the bag of information. Exactly. Anyways, but there are also, then there's another tier of people who really do have a lot of information, like Brian Friedman. Mm-hmm. Like, how right. knowledgeable is that guy? Absolutely. Um, but I think he really, you, you can, as much as he is on social media, and I don't mean to be speaking for Brian, but the, but I hope I'm accurate in saying, like, he... He really is passionate about teaching. Right. Absolutely. And, and I'm sure gives a lot of information that someone mm-hmm. who's not as senior as him wouldn't know. So so the, so the if it were him, yeah, I would think like, yeah, if he knows the information, I would hold him accountable and think like, exactly. yeah, you have a responsibility to, to teach people. Um, I think they're just the, the popular classes. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of teachers who are taking that responsibility who don't have popular classes. Right. So. And is that effective? In in actually teaching people, do you mean? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it, so the people that don't have the popular classes also means that the view that the viewership is down, right? Yeah. So the so I'm so what I'm asking is this, um, and for this reason, because is is the notion that one view is better than none, uh, is is that is that relevant when it comes to teachers that may have all of this knowledge bank but zero views mm-hmm. right so is it it do you think it is effective for them to go ahead and start trying to put that stuff out where they might only get realistically right. 13 23 views maybe right yeah i mean i i I don't think people should put, be putting out anything for getting a million views. Right. You know, I'm not right. putting out stuff to get a million views. Right. I'm putting out stuff to share what I do. And you, it, whether if it's 13 people viewing it, those 13 people have viewed it. You know, right. I, I don't think that should dissuade anybody from putting their work out if they want to put it out. So Because a lot of teachers are camera shy and social media shy who are of an older school mentality or maybe they're younger and they just don't want to fall into that trap. Right. Right. And that's they they whatever they do in that room with the teachers who with the students who attend their class in person is effective right. and that's their that's their job as a teacher is to teach people so if whether they want to expand that out or not i think as for me all i can i i can't uh expect anybody i can't like dictate what people should do in their classes but as long as in the room and this is where it kind of flips right. you can have a million you can have 20 million people view a class video and the people in the room didn't learn right you're right you're right so if right. i would rather those people that don't have any views but they're really teaching yeah. the 20 people the 10 people that are in their class absolutely. whatever something to me that's more valuable than <laughs> watching absolutely having 20 million eyes on something that's not even teaching the people in the room which also brings up an interesting question too so in in that regard what is a student's re- uh, responsibility so that's a really good question because the uh, i hate saying way- listen up but listen up right now y'all please <laughs> listen please well one way one way that this was put to me that clicked so much is that students are voting with their money. So mm. if you go to class and you're and the class is sold out in 30 mm. seconds for somebody that's not really teaching, the students are still voting with their money. Mm. So if you if the the students have more power than they think. The dance studios aren't just picking people to teach mm. randomly. They're mm-hmm. going to have if somebody's class is selling out in 2 seconds after it's posted, they're going to have that person teach. Mm. So if as a community you're like, "You know what?" The class environment isn't right right now. I'm not learning anything. I'm tired of people filming for 45 minutes at the end. Mm. Whatever, whatever. If all of the students said, 
we aren't okay with this and nobody showed up to those classes, I guarantee you those classes mm, wouldn't be happening mm-hmm, as often. Absolutely. So, and, it, and vice versa, if, you, if the students aren't voting with their money for the people that really have a lot of knowledge, mm-hmm. then those teachers aren't going to have as much incentive to teach as often and the studios aren't going to push them as much. Absolutely. So. I would say like a student's responsibility outside of just the classroom is to go, we want real education. So I'm going to show up to the classes where it might not be somebody that's as popular, but let's pack this class so that this this teacher teaches more and is asked to teach on this convention and is asked to travel to this country. Do you know what I mean? Because otherwise those people fall to the wayside because the students are going for what's shiny. Absolutely. Um, Got it. Yeah, the shiny, the shiny distraction, one hundred percent. So I, I don't know if do you agree no, with that, that? I, I absolutely, I absolutely agree. And the, and the thing is, is that it's it's just such it is, it's such a debate right now, uh, such a debate, and that's kind of all that it is. That's only the from what I see, it's the only action that's really being that's really being taken is us actually talking about it right now. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, because with the popularity and all of that. I'm hearing a lot, especially from the OGs, especially from the OGs. It's hard for them right now. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Here, especially in the states, especially in the states. I feel like overseas, it's a little, it's it's a little different because they ha- yeah, they're they they're a little more hungry for, for the yes. knowledge and they have yeah. more respect for it. Yeah. But here, it is. It's tough because, you know, you also know you also know what it is to start and run a business, right? Yeah. So, what makes the most sense? Am I going to hire the person that's going to bring in the numbers, even though? morally i'm thinking like maybe i don't know if they're a great teacher but i know that people are going to come if they you know what i mean which is going to cover my mortgage for this month blah 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 right so i think that's the it it is it's it's the it it's a very very sensitive area sensitive territory to tread on when you say it's hard for the the ogs do you mean like emotionally it's been hard for them or just economically both both and i can't and listen i can't speak for all of them and i also know that that overseas it's it's they're they're very well respected overseas i'm talking about here and the reason i say that too is just especially in la do you know what i'm saying yeah and just the the street scene in general is just as far as a mainstream culture goes Foundation is something that's a, that's not really yeah, it you know exist. that it it doesn't really they're not worried about that so that's why I say it it is hard for the OGs right now because it's like this am I trying to learn am I trying to learn something wildly popular that you know I'm probably gonna hear on the radio when I go home and mm-hmm. now I have a routine to it mm-hmm. or am I going to learn like this is how you this is how you correctly stop this right. is how you t- you know what I mean that mm-hmm. it's in this very fast-paced society, a lot of the things that take a lot of time to get and, and you have to practice on, like yeah. foundation, they kind they of get want, shunned. They, yeah. want, they want it quicker. They want it quicker. Yeah. Which also, I, I want to ask this, too. We're just going to backtrack a little bit here, but it's kind of in the same vein. With all of the, the experience that, that you had coming up working professionally, when was the moment that you started uh, that you started? Uh, making more conscious and strategic efforts to the work that you were doing, right? Um, uh, like in, in job choices. In job choices, um, yes. But wait, before I forget to say this, my I have been teaching for so long, and I used to teach at Debbie Reynolds, and my class would get canceled because no one would show up. Like, that's how empty it was. It wasn't even like, yeah. oh, I only had 20 people. Like, 20 was a packed class right, for me. Right, I literally would have two people show up and have to cancel class right. for, for a long time. Right. So, 
Wow. But if you but if you like to teach, like for mm-hmm. me, it, what it was just about teaching. So th- I just want to mention that because it's not like I don't know what it's like to not to right. not be popular. Right, of course. Because that was my like the majority of my teaching career was praying that people were going to show up so that it wouldn't get canceled. Right. But anyways, um, job wise, like I think. I, it also surprises me when I hear people say what their goals are when they're like, I want to do, I don't know. They're picking and choosy before even before bo- knowing, before booking anything. Got it. Yeah. And for me as, yeah. as dancers, like I don't really ever, I don't, I don't think there was a time where I was like, I'm going to really pick and choose okay. as a dancer because we don't have the liberty to do that. We're right. not making millions of dollars where it's like, you know, this next film, I want right. to go in this direction. It's right, like, right. you just do what comes. I think like more so what it was for me, it's like, if there's a, if, and, and dancers out there will know this new artist, low budget, super, right, da, 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 right, but you know, right, like with right. like those kinds of things, like yeah. after you get to a certain level, you're like, I don't need to do that or I'm not mm-hmm. available to do that. I think mm-hmm. that's more so what it was is I would shoot for the stars and if I booked those big jobs, then I wasn't available to do the lower level things. So, mm-hmm. so you just kind of triage things out and go like, okay, like, like let's say the Michael Jackson audition. I was right. like, and I wasn't even dancing at that time for this is it. Right, right. I had I already was like done dancing, and I was like, you know, I am going to like mm. book myself out for because nobody knew when the audition was coming, and right. I was like, I'm booking myself out for padding like a month before and after whenever I think that audition's happening right. so that I can go to that audition right, right. because I will be so mad if I don't go to that audition right, just right. to experience it not even to book the job but just to experience Absolutely. it and I like when you have priorities straight like that when mm-hmm. you're like this is really important to me you make those things happen so I I, I guess it's less like mm-hmm. a thought of I don't want to do these kinds of jobs more. So my eyes are on the prize with this. So right. I need to make that happen, which means, oh shoot, I can't do that. I can't do that. Right. I need to do this job. So I don't, I don't, I kind of don't um, think of myself as, as much like, like, like I w- there weren't so much, it wasn't so much strategic. Like right. I was okay. making, do you know okay. what I mean? Yeah, because I every, everything saying. that comes yeah. your way, you never know. There are so, so many jobs I did. Free jobs too. Every carnival I did, every of I mean, there are so right. there are tons of like live free gigs like that that existed back then that right. where people would come out and I would do free three things all the time that I just loved to do, but those would lead to of jobs. Course. So there are a lot of lower level jobs where I might have been like, this isn't exactly the dream artist and this isn't exactly the dream budget or the dream experience, but I'm gonna do it because I know that I will get experience working with this director or I know that I haven't worked with this choreographer before and I want to. And there's always mm-hmm. a reason to do things that you normally would write off super quickly mm-hmm. that will pay off somewhere in the future, dance wise. Absolutely. Now with with so much it was so much to work with in in your wheelhouse also going back to you i mean with the love of education student uh being a student um can you can you speak to people that are at the crossroads of um of going to school or pursuing a a a dance career yeah um and i think i think that you're so capable of talking about this because also guys she has a she has a BA in law did I <laughs> did I forget that in the intro yeah so please by by all means yeah like I said before I love school I miss it a lot and the likelihood is you're, if you're listening to this you don't like school because most people don't like school but mm. if you like it enough that you're actually debating 
whether to pursue a career or not. It's difficult as dancers because we have to get in while we're young and mm. you can't like a year that you wait going to school is like 20 years mm. dance wise. So mm-hmm. nowadays there are so many options for taking classes online, getting degrees online. I got mine majority online. I was a philosophy major first going physically to school and then I wow. transferred to law doing mostly online. So the the thing is you have to have a lot of self-discipline mm-hmm. to to pursue both at the same time. But if you're listening to this and you're going, I care enough about each of these things where I want to be a dancer, but I also want an education. If it's that important to you, you'll make it happen. There's so mm. much downtime in rehearsals, in on set, when you're traveling, when mm. you're on tour buses, when you're doing all of these things, there's so much downtime i mean if you if you you know it's like if you do a music video or if you're doing a tv show or a film your call time is at 6 a.m you might be in hair and makeup and sitting in your trailer for three hours before you're called to set that was the time when i was studying so i was doing homework when i did the super bowl with janet jackson and justin timberlake i was studying in rehearsals when i was on tour with snoop and christina million and doing promo for janet and doing all this stuff i was with neo i was I was studying on the tour bus and Mm -hmm. after shows I would go to the hotel and study and on flights I would study and mail in midterms and finals from Africa and Iceland. And like, if you really like to do it, you'll do it. So if, so point being that you don't necessarily have to sacrifice one for the other, especially nowadays. Cause that was a while ago where, you know, online courses were not as, easy Mm -hmm. uh not as well structured and now i can't imagine nowadays how much easier it would be right so um from and for me especially if you're going to transition into anything on the production end something as simple even when i'm looking for assistance something as simple as writing an email it helps so much when you have people that have some sort of formal education Mm -hmm. for things where you need emails rattled off you need decks written you need um treatments written you need phone calls to be made where you just need somebody that mm-hmm. not to say that you have to go to college to have those assets but you can uh don't feel like you you're getting a degree is just for the fallback if dance doesn't mm-hmm. work but that mm-hmm. those those skills will come in super handy when you're reading contracts and when you're you, all of those kinds of things it will help so much certainly for me getting a law degree and doing critical thinking courses and doing uh all that stuff when anytime i see any contractor paperwork, I'm questioning it. Right. So, uh, so yes. Get, so if you're interested in education, it can help you even in your dance career. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of people ask about dance uh, majors at in college. And this is not like a bash on dance schools, but you you definitely don't need a dance degree to become a professional dancer. Right. So Absolutely. if you're if you're passionate about science or math or business or event planning or whatever it is outside of dance go get your degree in those things because you can do both and um you'll feel so much better for it afterwards very much see i love all of that because that i mean as you know that's that is an that's an ongoing thing i feel like that is that's one of the number one questions from both students and parents whether to go to college or the professional route and that's one of that is one of the most the, the best explanations I've had with that also just you know step your life up y'all like <laughs> I'm feeling I'm feeling inspired right now so wait let me let me ask you this too so uh, do, do you feel that self uh, the the attribute of self discipline um 
came easy for you? Does that come natural for you, or is it is it something that you've had to work on over time? And were there example? Was there? Do you have shining examples of the you know, of that yeah. self disciplined person that you're like? I'm 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 naturally self-disciplined, which is why I was able to do independent study even right. in high school and why I was because the reason I did independent study was I would in in school phys, when I was physically in middle school and in high school, I would finish my homework really quickly and then be sitting there wasting time. And mm. I was like, I could be out auditioning. I could be working right now, but mm. I'm sitting here in class done with my work. So mm-hmm. doing independent study was a really fast track way. I finished to fin- I finished high school early and then started college early. So so. And then this is not like a brag or a pat on the back. It's just to explain my my natural inclination from a very young age is mm-hmm. I multitask super well and I work really fast. And the way that that translates now is I can direct a short while I'm choreographing for Camila right. Cabello in right. New York and Toronto and traveling to China and fly back and do be able to manage many, many things at once. The Dancers Alliance stuff... Mm-hmm. S- 90% of the stuff I did for the the big campaign we did, which was unionizing mm-hmm. music videos, was done when I was on the road. And I was planning events and talks and writing speeches and making PowerPoints when I was in China with the time difference of calling people here in the middle of the night and doing all of that kind of multitasking mm-hmm. and self-discipline. is It comes in really, really uh, handy when you're trying to take action because part mm-hmm. of what you were saying is that uh, there's a lot of talk about things right. right now, and that's always always how it is. People have, especially in the dance industry, lots of gripes and complaints about yes. things. And yes. my my inclination naturally is not to gripe, but to do something. So whether it's, you know, why are our rates the same on music videos, and they've been that way for 30 years? Why are right. we not unionized? I don't just sit and complain about it. I go, well, what do we need to do about it? And right. then, and usually I know. This, again, it's the critical thinking, and it's um, uh kind of like ethics courses that I would take in college and stuff like that and in philosophy Mm -hmm, all of those things mm -hmm. kind of come into play when you're going like okay so let me think critically about this what is in our way what can we do about it and then if I have an answer to something I can't just sit and not do something about Mm -hmm. it and then the exact same thing happens with teaching if I'm going because I was the bitter old school person several years ago going this is ridiculous class is an abomination now yeah oh yeah I hated it because this is part I grew up like I said before class was a sacred place for mm-hmm. me it was so different back then and the fact that it was being just chopped and mutilated mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. social media it felt like a personal loss right. that that wasn't right. the case anymore right. but again it's like okay so what am I going to do when I teach class I'm going to make sure in my classes mm. I run it exactly how I want it I'm teaching you exactly how I want to teach you because what else that's what I have control over right. and that's also I'm trying not to legislate what other people do in their classes and not say well yeah all teachers have a, responsi- a sp- responsibility to do xyz because you can't legislate people and all I can all I have control over is what I do right and so I, I'm going, no one teaches anybody what to do on a set. So I'm going to provide an opportunity for people to know what to do on a set. You know? Yes. So no yes. one knows. I'm running auditions and no one knows what to wear to an audition. I'm having to cut half of you because you don't look right and you're, you don't have your headshot right. But nobody's right. telling you. So right. I'm going to tell you. Instead of complaining about it, I'm going to tell you. So... Um, it's perfect. So the self-discipline right. comes in specifically in examples like that and being able to multitask and direct something while I'm doing while I'm working for an artist while I'm teaching and traveling and in being able to do things that are on the side 
to uh, simply help people mm-hmm. as a passion project as Dancers Alliance mm-hmm. was. It's a, it's, a, it's a passion project. So there's no way on earth you can tackle something like unionizing music videos without right. being really self-disciplined, uh, meaning on the side, in your spare time while you're working professionally. Right. There's no way on earth you can do that without having good self-discipline and time management and being able to multitask. But as you see, it is it is absolutely possible. It, it's it's not impossible by any means, right? You need people. You have an example is, right here. <laughs> thank you. But there, yeah. you're all, this is not to say that I don't, I don't always have people helping dancers alliance was not just me it was many people mm. involved uh that were all working together but you need somebody that is the linchpin that holds everything together and right. that person has to have good time management and and be uh, self-sufficient because what happens is if you don't have somebody that is like that everybody's really passionate for about 20 seconds right. and then you all go good meeting see yeah. ya let's get that done next week and you're all they all leave and take class or leave and go on tour or right. leave and and nothing gets done right. so somebody has to be the person that goes that's great sounds good and then i leave for 3 months to china or something but it doesn't fall through the cracks right got Do you it. know what i mean yes, so absolutely. so uh, that's that's my i mean spiel, and honestly I, that, listen that speaks a lot about your character too and also um, how you have made what it seems like a seamless adjustment into what the landscape is now for, um, you know, and, and the opportunities of being able to put your art out. Because we fast forward now, you, you've done many, many professional jobs of all aspects, but now you actually are doing, the, you, I, it seems like it, you found a perfect way to um, do your social media and get your art out on social media the same the way that you would like it to be put out is it because you're it when I look at your stuff it has it has integrity do you know what I mean it, it's and this and this is no shade to anyone at all but what what I'm saying is this there's never been a project that I have I have looked at um, that you have done, whether it be strictly for your YouTube channel, like the uh, the projects that you've done with uh, with AJ, the ones you did with uh, with Lyle and Devin, right? Yeah. Even even fast forward to um, things like uh, you have Campfire Vaudeville, you can you have uh, the newest short uh, Wait for Me that you just did, um, directed in two days, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that can you talk about? Um, what that transition was like for you, the the um, when you figured, okay, this is how this is how I'm going to use my Instagram to promote from my YouTube, and on my YouTube, I'm going to use it exactly like this. What was the transition from being the bitter? Yeah. What the hell is going on in our dance world right now? What's happening? Into okay, here are my action steps. And I'm talking about specifically just for um, like social media mm-hmm. and YouTube and all that. And then we'll kind of get into um, what that has led into. Yeah. Um, so when I, okay, I think um, this might have only been a year. This was only a year ago because mm-hmm. everything that I've done on, on the the viral stuff on YouTube has mm-hmm. only been this year for like the past right. several months. Right. So it's been a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Shut out, human. Shout out human. Shout out river. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, I, so I remember Tim Milgram DMing me on Instagram and he's like, oh, we should shoot something sometime. And, and I I had, didn't have any class videos. And I was like, Mm -hmm. that's not really my thing. I just didn't get back to him because I was literally, 
I think I just arrived in London or Amsterdam to do a TV show that I was working on over there right. that I was gone for for three months. And so I just like didn't really think about it because I wasn't here to do anything with him anyway. Right. During the course of that job, and this is what I was talking about with like overseas and their how much they look to L.A., mm-hmm. not just the States, but L.A., they all of the dancers that I had on that job, I saw what class videos meant for them right. okay. and and just the greater dance community overseas i hadn't really heard people speak about oh did you see like actually seeing them going did you see this video da, da, da. Mm. and i realized for them it's not gross in la it's gross for us ogs we were like this is so gross right. we just like everyone wanted to throw up when right. we saw class videos but for other people they really it really was their only way of mm. seeing what's happening in okay. la okay and after being around it for that long of an amount of time when I got back I was so just ready to to show people like that when I when I teach classes what I'm doing in class Mm -hmm. and to share it in that sense and Tim had already hit me up so I was like this makes sense right now I am so excited to especially with heels Mm -hmm. show um a different approach to what a heels routine can be and and I had enough people that had done what were only heels intensives prior to that. I didn't have the Galen Hooks method. It was just kind of heels intensives to help women understand who they are. Right, right. Um, and so it felt like it was just a perfect... Uh, it wasn't like I was sitting back going like, you know what, I need to get my social media right, game up. Right, you know? right, or like, yeah, yeah. Or like, let yeah. me see how I can like tap into this thing. It was all... And everything I still do is all about... when I When I'm doing class videos and social media stuff because if you look at most anytime I post anything of me dancing on my Instagram Mm -hmm. there's always like an explanation in the caption of like so the reason that I'm doing it because like I said before for me it's not about the choreography so when I'm like when I taught River it was so strategically choreographed for educational purposes Mm -hmm. to get to push people Mm -hmm. training wise Mm -hmm. Not thinking at all like this is a viral, you know. You, right, you, you of course, can't, of course, you, you can't. can't uh, and I think it would be hard to. Cre- I think it would be hard to create within those bounds. Yeah. That saying, I, ne- I need do. to. Well, right, and and shouts and shouts to those that that do because that uh, I just feel that it's for me personally. Um, it I, it would be hard not to get in the trap of going. Okay, well, if that worked. Um, exactly. You know, if that worked yeah, last week, yeah. right, then maybe I need to do something in this vein because the week before I tried something totally different and it was a miss. Right. right? Exactly. So you you kind of get caught up in this thing. But what I what I really love about what you are doing and what you have done is it seems like it, it seems like you have done a masterful job of having a setup of of. After you get the views, sorry, I'm like, I got to get through this. But like, after you get the views, they have somewhere where you can go, and it's not just about be, it's not just about being popular. It's not just about being called out in the specialty group. But like you said, there are educational benchmarks in every single one of your classes. So every time a student walks out of your class, they should walk out actually a better dancer literally you know what that, i mean not yeah. just not just m- having memorized a routine right. but 
taking a tool with them that they could probably use at auditions, yeah, probably use in their next class and rehearsal, all that. So can you speak to the importance of, and it, and this kind of reflects the question that I had, um, you know, a little while ago about a teacher's responsibility, mm-hmm. because I, the reason that comes back up is with so many eyes now. That mm-hmm. means so much attention. And, you know, when you have that attention, it, it you can almost give rules and have people accept them blindly, to be quite honest. Right. right? You can say this is law and there's a good majority of people that will say, you know what, you're right. She has oh so many views. You know what? She's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. So how did you how did you find the balance of saying, OK, there's a lot of eyes on me right now. And I'm not going to focus on keeping those eyes on me rather than what is the what is the message that I have to pass on now that I have this intention? How, how did you kind of how did you dodge the trap of <laughs> not, seriously? How did you dodge the trap of, of trying to stay viral while having viral videos? I mean, I made decisions that very clearly were not for being viral. I mean, even River, like River was not a, a hit song. Like right. nobody It is now. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> it is now, but like it wasn't a hit. It wasn't like there was certainly nothing like gratuitously sexy in the choreography. So I never uh all the I think after that I did Love on the Brain, which right. again, like I mean it's Rihanna, but it wasn't that wasn't like a right. huge right. single and it and the routine is certainly like very cerebral and not catchy. Mm-hmm. There's nothing catchy about it. So mm-hmm. you know, I'm going in going like, I don't know if anyone's gonna watch this right. thing. Like, who knows? Who right. knows? But that's not my all I'm thinking about is like this is going to be a good routine to teach people xyz like human is a good one to get people to work on character and to try because I didn't want people I'm really tired of this is me venting tired of people of women trying to be sexy in their heels choreography Mm -hmm. because you don't need to try to be sexy if you're in a heel you're gonna naturally be sexy so human was a good one to go like let's try to like do character work in a heel let's see if they can do that right the, la- the Kiwi one I did for Harry Styles was like, let's do rock and roll. And I mean, I have like a whole spiel and inside look thing on that one. So I don't want to exhaust you with that. But all I'm worried about when I'm doing the combo is doing something where exactly like you said, they'll walk out of the class a different dancer. Yes. And and in a, even an hour long class, there's so much. This is what I meant before by like, you, I, it's not about the choreography. I get the choreography out super quickly. Mean It's not about the choreography, meaning I'm not demonstrating it for them to go, oh, that was so amazing like that's not my intention at all and so i'm not when i'm not worried about impressing people with the choreography and using it as a teaching tool i think i uh the people who come to my class at this point i can trust that they're there wanting that Mm -hmm. and they aren't there to be impressed by the choreography so i can treat them with the respect they deserve and go okay so we're gonna push it here 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 and and when you treat people that way, at mm-hmm. least for me, just because I know that that's my clientele, mm-hmm. you know, they're not, com- they know, you don't expect to dance to a top 40 song if you come right. to my class. So right. I know that I'm looking at a room of people that are going, feed us, we're sponges. Right. So then right. I can really get into it. But um, I'm not, I just don't, it's the same, I'm not sitting back. The reason I'm teaching the classes for the students, so it just doesn't make sense for me to think of whether it's going to be viral or not. I think what's what mm. happens is if I'm thinking of good uh 
if I'm picking a good song, whether it's a hit or not, and doing something that's engaging dance-wise still for the students, mm-hmm. that's that equates to, for me, something that ends up being uh, a hit, I guess I would say. Right, something right. that like gotcha. that gets a lot of eyes on it, Absolutely. if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So it it's, does. it's a little bit backwards, but the, I, th- I think for me it's a different scenario because not everybody... I don't fault people that have to rely on. I don't like. I wouldn't expect everybody to go. You know what? I'm going to approach class that way because different people have different skill sets. Right. And I, even if I tried, wouldn't be able to pick a top forty song and do something super catchy that people are going to be doing. Uh, right. You know, like I don't. You know, I, can, yeah. I, I can, I'm incapable of doing that. So right. it's a, it's just a different skill set. Right. So I don't. Um. Back to like whether like what the responsibility is. I still don't fault people who go. I'm just picking the hot song mm-hmm. that's out right now mm-hmm. because. Mm-hmm. That's a skill that I don't have. Right. I can't. That is really it just doesn't come out of me. I don't know how. That's no. That's that was a great other side to look at that though. So I wouldn't Rather expect. Than, I know. wouldn't. Ex- I wouldn't go to them going. You know what, you guys, you need to yeah, not yeah. pick top forty songs because I realize that's their income, right? We talked about right. this before. Everybody's running a business. Right. They're relying on that thing to be a viral hit. If I were in their shoes, I'd be like, I'm not using the human record no right, one knows right. that song yeah, yeah, exactly. you know what i mean right. i can't yeah. gamble on that because my rent depends on me getting yes do you know okay. what i mean okay yeah absolutely and yeah. i'm and i'm also teaching so i'm teaching much more infrequently than mm-hmm. those people so if i had to teach if i had a regular class mm-hmm. every week and i was teaching every week mm-hmm. and i was in their shoes yeah i i and i would probably be a little annoyed if somebody was like you know what stop teaching a top 40 i'd be like it's working though, right? Right. That's absolutely. what I mean. Exactly. People are voting with their views, with their money. So it's like I'd be like, it's working. That's very true. That's very true. But so can you speak to can you speak to with that? Can you speak to longevity versus being wildly popular? Yeah. E- that's even actually for a really a, for a wildly popular for a certain span of time versus actual longevity. Yeah. And I think that's kind of why I'm a little bit like passive when I'm talking. like I don't um in response to the questions you're asking, I'm kind of like, well, I'm not thinking and it's just kind of I'm right. passive about it because I 100 percent realize that tomorrow or in an hour, I could not be popular anymore. That's true. Like it, I right. don't uh, think that this is I've made it or like now right. I'm a viral sensation because the next eight videos I put out, people could not care at mm. all about. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking to long the being hot at the moment doesn't mean anything to me in the in the sense of it doesn't like I don't place any value on it. It means right. a lot just in terms of I appreciate so much the response that I get and when people are really excited. To me it means they're not excited about me, but they're excited about dance. Like my I've got merch with my face on it, which mm-hmm. feels really awkward, yep. but I realize when people are like, Oh my god, they're like excited to wear the shirt to me not because they're fangirling over me but because they love dance that much so for that's what to me putting out content that is uh about the dance and not about the attention allows me when people are excited or want to take a picture with me or whatever i'm like oh that means that you really love dance because if i were putting out crummy content you would only want to take a picture with me because Uh, how I look or whatever or because I'm famous or whatever but I'm putting out crappy content so you can't possibly do you know what I mean so for me I feel like okay they really love dance and that's what's exciting to me so being kind of a flash in the pan going for like being popular at the moment Mm -hmm. is just a scary 
way for me to think about it because I don't like attention. That's my least favorite thing about everything that's happening right now okay, is that like it. when I go and really? travel, everybody wants to take pictures and everybody okay. wants to see me demonstrate the combos. And I'm I'm not I really uh, that's my least favorite part about because I don't right. want attention. That's right. also why I don't I don't dance much anymore. I don't perform much anymore. But I realize that you have to demonstrate things sometimes in class for people to understand what you're talking about. Especially because my musicality is really difficult, so I have to demonstrate it. But all of that is leading into me saying that I'm not interested in the flash in the pan and I'm interested in the longevity because I realize that it's not going to last forever. None of this is going to last forever. So for anybody out there that thinks that they're hot right now, Mm. it's it literally overnight can change and then what are you going to do? So... And that's not to say that there are a lot of people who are super popular right now that have great business sense. Mm -hmm. And it goes both ways because there are people who are industry choreographers Mm -hmm. who might be super hot right now. Not even in the viral. Nobody knows who they are because they don't have any class videos or anything. Might be super hot right now, but they might be a flash in the pan as well. So whether you're in the industry side doing film, TV, artists, or whether you're on the YouTube side or social media side, there's... We're in such a finicky business mm. that is yes. we're we're at the mercy of people enjoying our art. So mm-hmm. if you're not thinking long term, you're dead in the water, whether you are a social yes. media person who's 18 or whether you're 40 doing film, TV commercials. Yes. Do you yes. know what I mean? Absolutely. Which which makes branding so important, which uh, listen, which is why, you know, T-shirts and tank tops with your face sells. Not ju- it's and it's not just because. Um, there's a love for dance, but because but because the love for dance, I believe, is built into the Galen Hooks brand. Do you know what I mean? Like I I don't know if anybody, and you kind of said that anyway, is that I don't know if anybody is going to come to your class that does not absolutely love what they're yeah. doing because that reflects in in your teaching and in your classroom environment as well, which I think is like the, one of the most important things. Uh, with that being said, can you talk about the Galen Hooks method for a second? Because we've kind of we've yeah. kind of we've kind of mentioned it a couple times, but for those that might be hearing about it for the first time, can you just kind of give us what um, you know what the Galen Hooks method is to you and why it was important to you? Yeah. So, number one, I called it the Galen Hooks method not to self-aggrandize, but because it's I want to make it super clear that this is only my opinion, and right. I realize that there are countless methods right, to right, this in- right. industry so um it's again like it, in the same way that kind of the class video thing happened more organically than me going like let me get in the class video game right. i think i just uh as i started teaching more the it's really everything is in response to what the students mm-hmm. are saying so mm-hmm. the students are like you know we need help auditioning I'm like, okay, cause, because, again, like I said, if I know the answer to something, I ha- I can't not tell somebody. Right. So when they're like, we're not booking, and I'm going, I know exactly why you're not booking. You need to change this, 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 this. Nobody's telling wow, you. So right, right. that's how the audition intensive came up. The on-set thing was because people go, oh, great, you helped us book. Now we're booking. Now we don't know what to do right, on a set. Right. They handed me paperwork, and I went, I don't know what to do with this. So I'm like, right. okay, I'll tell you because I know everything about how to work on a set so let me tell you about how to work on a set so all of this has turned into i put it under the umbrella of the galen hooks method because this is my approach to the industry that focuses on maintaining yourself as an artist while Mm -hmm. also being successful 
work-wise. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, even people that are the most booking dancers, still feel like they have to sacrifice themselves sometimes right. artistically. And right. I feel like I have a good hold on... I've been able... Most of the big stuff that I've done in my career has been while still being completely 100% artistically authentic to who I am. Mm -hmm. And not many people are able to balance those two things. Mm -hmm. And so if I can help people pursue their dreams as a dancer while also not getting stuck in being cynical, being jaded, being Mm -hmm. surrounded by the wrong people, all of that kind of stuff, because Mm -hmm. you know how many people have made it to the top, quote unquote, dancing for the artists they want to dance for, for long time a long time and they leave the industry hating it they hate the dance industry they are bitter they're jaded all of these things although they've reached their goals Mm -hmm. i want people number one to have the experiences they want to have as dancers because i had such a fulfilling uh satisfying career as a dancer that when i hear other people go i want to i want to dance for this person this person i'm like i know how you can do it let me tell you how so that you can have the experiences that i had Mm -hmm. But it's not just about booking the jobs. It's about I want you to have those experiences and still love to dance and still love to go take class, even though you don't have to. And still, when you're 60, be dancing and not leave this industry going, ah, oh, I'm done. The dance industry is so whack, whatever. Right, Do you know what I mean? Right, absolutely. So, so if I can help people love who they are within the industry, it's to me, that's so much more gratifying than just going, let me drill you on some choreography. Exactly. You know, Because it's not about the choreography right. at, in any of the sessions that I hold. Mm-hmm. The choreography is the last, least important thing right. because there are other people who are doing such great work drilling choreography mm-hmm. and intensives mm-hmm. and doing repertoire and doing technique and building people um, athletically, physically, choreography-wise. Right. You know, like that's right. usually what people do in intensives is about the choreography. You're getting drilled. Mm-hmm. I'm doing everything else so that you can go to those people to get that very important skill. You have to be really good at choreography. Right. But all the other stuff that no one ever teaches you, especially for women, although I just did my first men's session, and that was incredible because, no, especially for men, no one's guiding them on what do you what you need to do with your face. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, you can't be too cool for school all the time. Right, right. And so they can't be versatile and work in La La Land, but also for Rihanna. Do you know what I mean? Right, you have I to, see what you're saying. Yeah. there's a, there's so much outside of yeah. choreography. So the method is basically having integrity in yourself artistically and as a human being, because that's also extremely, yeah, important. extremely it's important. It's like a holistic mm-hmm. approach yes. to, uh, the art form and business of dance. I love it, and it's, and it seems like there's actually it's like, it's 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 the best of a lot of things actually. Um, education being one of them, but then in a way there's a bit of some activism in there too, right? Oh, because for sure. like you know I'm just and, and like you said it's a holistic approach. So not only are you are you creating um, you know people that want to succeed in dance and stuff like that, but you're also working on their person, which is a, exactly. which is amazing, which is an amazing quality for a teacher to have, which I think um, is probably a, a great transition into you uh, working with the Dancers Alliance and the choreo- and, and you know the choreographers alliance yeah. as well. Could you talk about the, the, those two for just a second? So um, first, I'll, I'll clarify my involvement with each. So okay. Dancers Alliance, I I when I was eighteen joined Dancers Alliance. Uh, in, in terms of the organizing committee um, and slowly kind of became more of a chair of Dancers mm-hmm. Alliance. But at first I was really learning the ropes from Tiffany Washington. Mm-hmm. Again, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, she was so 
instrumental in helping mm-hmm. guide me in Dancers Alliance and Allison Falk and Becca Schweitzer and all these people that I really, again, looked up to as dancers right, right. back then. Right. To have adults like that showing the ropes was so right. much. So um, so then I was the chair for a while, and now I, I just kind of consult. So they mm-hmm. have there's a whole new team of people in there that are really fantastic and are more boots on the ground because I don't know what it's like to be a dancer now. So right, there right. need to be people leading it who know the Absolutely. ins and outs of what right, it's like right. to be working on a set as a dancer now. So I'll consult with them um, when they need it, but they're they're the basic if you don't know what dancers alliance is mm. follow at dancers alliance on mm-hmm. instagram mm-hmm. and you can check out the website which should be updated and if you ever have gripes about dancers alliance where you're like oh the website's not up to date or they haven't posted anything it is run by people volunteering their time in between doing dance jobs none of us are paid we it, it's it's literally people going there's something that needs to be done we're going to do something mm-hmm. about it so you have mm-hmm. to give a little bit of like leeway of for things to not be totally on but they're the we are liaisons between agents, union, production, dance community. Mm-hmm. So anytime there's like conversations that need to be had, um, like a good example is, and I wasn't directly involved in this, but this is like a recent achievement that they had was for Trisha Miranda for her show on mm-hmm. MTV. MTV. If yeah. there's something where it's like, you know, this is new territory, we need to figure out what the contracts are going to be, Got et cetera. It. Dancers Alliance can be, and I'm not going to get in the ins and outs of what that was because I'm sure it's privileged information, but that's just an example of like a new show comes up, especially nowadays where it's like let's say it's like this is going to be shown in bathroom stalls and that's it and and it's like well what is this contract going to look like and dancers alliance can step in and be the liaison talking to all those different parties that i mentioned Mm. um but in and then the choreographers alliance Mm -hmm. stuff um i there was again a facebook chain that was happening talking about things that need to be done for choreographers and uh no in my generation I've never heard anybody talk about things like owning our intellectual property, mm-hmm. copywriting, mm-hmm. residuals, mm-hmm. Um, having uh, even things like getting paid for prep days, for casting days, for mm-hmm. holding auditions, for meetings, for location scouts, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big ones for me were owning our intellectual property, being represented by a union because mm-hmm. we we're the only people on set not re- represented by a union. Mm. So... Um, so I got really heavily involved with Choreographers Alliance. There's so much that's being done uh, on the front of unionizing choreographers, which if none of this is making sense to you, if you become a choreographer in the future and you're getting residuals on things and you are on a SAG contract, you will have this generation of choreographers to thank for it. And wow. it will literally change people's lives because, you know, if you're on a SAG, like people kill to be on SAG of contracts. Course. So and if if choreographers were on SAG contracts, their entire lives would change. So wow. even the most successful choreographers, their lives would change because it it it'll just change. I don't don't want to get into the minutia of it because it's course. just not super fun to talk about. But yes, there were um, any time I have an idea or see a wrong that I know can be righted and I know how it can be righted, mm-hmm. I take action to make it happen. So here's a question: what what is what is the because it se- it seems like it seems like there is a lot to embark upon and there's been a lot of progress made mm-hmm. right but of course there can be a lot more support from the fellow troops that are out there yeah. you know still getting down whether you're still working professionally right now aspiring to be or maybe even calling yourself retired what is a way that people could take what it, what is a, a base root way that people 
can take action. So, and and this is this is a question for those that might think um, might have the perception that like, oh, like I I don't know that that seems like so much. Like, so mm-hmm. what is the what's something that we can all do to take action? Small steps to take action. Yeah. Um. One. Okay, there. Uh, one simple thing is, if you yeah. ever see that Dancers Alliance or Choreographers Alliance are having a meeting, go. Right, <laughs> right. That's a really big thing because a lot of people will complain about things, and then we're like, we're having a giant meeting where we're literally talking about life changing, career changing information, yes. and people don't show up. Right. So go to the meetings, mm. and if we like, because most of the times they're live streaming, streaming things because we understand that not everybody lives in LA or they're gone on tour or out of town working right, on a job. Right. If something's being live streamed, stream it. Um, because what's lacking is education. So if you don't know, there are a lot of things that you don't even know you don't know. Mm -hmm. So then you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that I'm being totally screwed over by production because of X, Y, Z, because nobody told me. You'll find that information at a a meeting. So go to the meetings, um, follow them on social media, although don't be mad if they don't post anything for a long time. But when it's important, (laughs) they'll post. When it's important, they might not say anything for six months and then it's like, we're having a meeting or we have a petition that's out. We need you to sign it. Sign it. Go do that. Anytime there's an ask, do the ask. Mm. Um, and then just in your own life, if you, I tell people the story all the time in the intensives of, I that when Beyonce was doing a series of uh, music videos that were paying super low, mm-hmm. I left the audition. Like we were at the audition, and the choreographer was like, "If anybody has a problem with this rate, just let us know." Thinking that nobody was gonna say anything, and I did the dance first to just get it out, and then right. I was like, went up and said, "Thank you. I can't do it for that rate." Right. And when people hear that, I I tell that story so that people know it's okay to stand up for yourself because I don't care that I've never danced for Beyonce. Mm. I don't care. It's more important to me that I have integrity, and a lot of people have that mm. switched. Mm-hmm. So if you know that it's okay to stand up for yourself, even if it means because the question that everybody has is mm-hmm. but what if i don't work for that person ever again what if that person's mad at me what if da, 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 da? and it's like you can lay your head down at night going i feel good about myself right. and i have values so there are lots of times where I've, I've had to i've had to fall on the sword for other dancers have gotten fired from jobs have had have been like just not blacklisted but you know right. people are like oh right. she's a troublemaker because right. she's bringing up things of course if you feel like you are being wronged in some sort of way. Um, you have to. This is again going back to being a person as well as you don't mm-hmm. just want to be a successful dancer at the expense of who you are as a person. So, mm-hmm. if you feel like you're being wronged, say something. And there's a way to do it as an adult, mm-hmm. as a professional, educated adult, and not being the bratty dancers on set that we get lumped 100%. into being. But have a conversation with production. Have a conversation with your agent. And there are so many examples, so many examples of dancers who have stuck together on tours trying to get their rates higher. Mm-hmm. Um, so many examples where groups Shout of dancers. Shout out Justin Timberlake dancers, right? Yes, yes. exactly. Yes. That's an exactly perfect example. And what he's talking about is the, the dancers got put on a union contract. It's the first tour that was ever on a union contract. Yes. But there are many examples of when dancers get together and when you have everybody in line with each other, change happens. So that it um that's not quite a small tiny thing i mean but, but, but it kind of it, it but it's, it's something still, that you have control exactly over. it's something that you have control over and it's also some it, it just it still just kind of provides potentials ideas you exactly. know what I mean? because we i feel a lot of the times i because i know that i i've also been guilty of it too when i first heard about the dancers alliance i was like whoa that sounds amazing but 
how do I get started? Like what? Okay, yeah. what? Like I see that there's a line, but like what? So now what do I do if there's not yeah. a, if there's not a meeting going on? Um, you know, not something like oh, what can I be doing every day? But like, mm-hmm. what is something? So I think that, that that answer still provides a couple of things that can be done as opposed to nothing. Yeah, right? and and educate other dancers because you you you're you're educated enough that if you were around dancers who were on a job going like oh they whatever they want to they're turning this music video into they're putting this music video into a movie or something something where you're, right. where they're like oh what should like should we do something educate people so if you're right. if you're a veteran on a set tell other because a lot of veterans are very like mm-hmm. uh possessive about their knowledge but the it the whole boat will rise if everybody is more educated mm-hmm. so um because then you're not the odd man out because who wants to be the odd man out that's exactly. like well i have to ask for xyz and i'm right. going to be the troublemaker if right. everybody's educated it'll be so much easier to get what you want so that's the other thing is to Tell people if you know things that they can do to help their situation, because let's say artist X is going on tour and the dancers are trying to get the rate higher. If if you help them get that rate higher, when you then book your next tour, it's going to help your mm-hmm. rate be higher. Mm-hmm. So if we all help each other, I think that's there's so much co- competition in our industry. Yeah. But anytime you're helping other people, you're helping yourself because it sets good precedent. Mm. If they're if they don't get what they want, it sets bad precedent because the manager of artist X also manages artist Y and Z. And you might go on tour with artist Z and the manager's like, well, I got them for this amount of money. I'm giving you this amount of money. And then you're like, right, right. So it's taking more of the selfless approach as opposed to selfish. Yeah. Okay, got it. Now, here is the last question, like to kind of wrap things up. Okay. Um, where would you like to see um, our art form as far as a business, as far as an environment and a community um, in the future? Hmm. You know, and, and I say that because we've kind of we've kind of touched we've, we've kind of touched on a lot of things. But what is, you know, from from the moment you started to seeing where dance has been? where it's gone, where it's going. Mm-hmm. Um what what would be what would be the ideal what would be ideal for you? I think honestly we're getting we're very close to what's ideal right mm-hmm. now because we have people like you. Like you're a perfect example of someone who's you're you're just a, you're not a dancer. You're you've made a living dancing and mm-hmm. are a, a, as legitimate as actors, singers, whoever, as a dancer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And p- partly what makes me sad sometimes is when people are like, oh, I've transitioned into acting or I've transi- transitioned into, I want to be right. an artist, whatever it is. And, it, and I always like, I want to pose the question, if everybody got paid the same, if mm-hmm. actors and musicians and dancers all got paid the same, or even better, if you got paid more to be a dancer than an actor or a singer, would you still be transitioning into acting and mm-hmm. singing? Mm-hmm. So if hmm. if we can not wow. think of mm-hmm. dancing as like a less than right. kind of thing. Yes. You know what I mean? Okay. Because everyone's like, yes. I don't want to be a dancer anymore. It's not because, and this is why I tell people in the intensives too, is like usually people fall out of love with dance because they're tired of the industry, not because they're tired of dancing. No mm-hmm. one's ever like, I don't like to dance exactly. anymore. They're yeah, just like, I don't want to dance. I don't want to deal with what right. you have to deal with as a dancer. Right. right. So if, if in the future, and I, this is what I mean by we're not far from it because there are, so many people now that have on their checklist, I want to be a dancer. Right. Young kids that right. are like, I want to be Maddie, right? right? I want to be Misty Copeland. Right. I want right. to be these Absolutely. people. Yes. And they're not worried about being an actor because you have these role models now who are dancers who have made it as dancers. Absolutely. So I think that's the ideal is that we are, um, that dance is not seen as a less than art form, especially because it, the proof is in the pudding. 
dance is one of the most watched exactly. things on YouTube. Of course. You, what is what is what is an artist show without dancers in it? Exactly. To be quite honest, I know. I mean, you know, like so. We, yeah, yeah, some it, of the most spectacular stage shows, uh, they they have dancers in them, um, and without without the dancers, it, it it would be a drag, no doubt. Yep. And no without doubt. the choreographer, absolutely. That's the, another reason the choreographer's line stuff yes. is so important. So so I hope that we uh, get some notoriety business wise because I think nobody has nobody has a doubt that dance is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's Everybody will say, like, wow, what you do is so impressive. And mm-hmm. then they turn their head and they go, but you can just, like, get paid $50 right, for it. You know what I mean? Right, so no, I don't think yes. anybody argues that dance is a beautiful art form. I think it's more that we need to legit- legitimize ourselves business-wise. Yeah. Um, and then in the community, I hope, I hope partly why I'm trying to educate people on what to do on set, how to, how to handle yourself at an audition, all that stuff is because if everybody carried themselves differently Mm -hmm. they would be treated differently Mm. you would be treated differently on a set if all of the dancers knew what they were doing Mm -hmm. business-wise production-wise do you know what i mean they wouldn't take advantage of you so much so so if the community is more educated and more ballsy and smarter Mm business-wise i think that will help legitimize the business sense so that they all they all help each other so but i don't think we're far I don't. Th- I don't think so either. And I mean, especially we have people, you know, putting out these, putting not only the ideas out, but also the the you know the call to actions. Yeah. There, those are coming out more often than not, actually, and it's kind of amazing. So, you guys, we have gotten a lot of information right now, and and to be quite honest, I'm still going to say it's just the tip of the iceberg <laughs> with her. Um, Galen, where can we where can we find where can we find you? Uh, Instagram at Galen Hooks. Boom. YouTube, I mean, YouTube, Galen Hooks, mm-hmm. Twitter, I'm not as active on Twitter, but all, all the socials <laughs> at Galen Hooks and uh-huh. on Instagram at the Galen Hooks Method. So at the Galen Hooks Method is where I go like really in depth. If you if you are like really into dance and tips and really like fine tuned things, that's where I go way, way, way more in depth on dance stuff. Um, and then GalenHooks.com has all, all of my projects that I've done and I and all of the stuff for the Galen Hooks Method if you want to sign up for a session um there are tons of different versions of sessions that you can sign up for and i travel all over the world for them so you can find me in all of those places <laughs> the world wide web well listen i know that i am speaking uh for myself and and i know that tons and tons of others agree with me that we could not be more proud of you um Thanks. and 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 not only just in, in in all of the accolades but galen just the just the knowledge that that you're acquiring but also spreading is absolutely priceless and let please let this serve as a beacon um as an example of what it takes to only strengthen our dance community and 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 strengthen the art form. So Galen, thank you so much thank for coming you. by. Thank you, thank you, Galen Hooks, ladies and gentlemen. Aww. Come on, thanks come for on. having me. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Definitely got to send a shout out to Sean and all the homies at Fab Factory for giving us the room. Good looking out, man. We're loving you.